This is Do School Better, a podcast for people who want to transform education. My name is Doris Corda, and for the past several years, I've been training educators. Listen to these episodes and hear about some of the extraordinary programs they've created. We call these pioneers the fire starters. See if you can get some ideas that you can implement yourself to change your own practice. In this episode, Dora speaks with Anne Love of Concordia International School in Shanghai, China. Anne is the High School Academic Innovation Coordinator, as well as a teacher of science and social entrepreneurship. Hello, Anne. Hello, Doris. Yay. So can you tell me a little bit, the folks listening, about, about you and where you teach and what you teach? Yeah, so I teach at Concordia International School in Shanghai, China. I've been there now. This is my year at the school. And I'm a science teacher originally. I was a science teacher for, you know, most of my teaching career. And uh, three years ago, had the opportunity to teach social entrepreneurship, kind of develop the social entrepreneurship class at Concordia and jumped in and started doing that. So now my life is split between uh, social entrepreneurship, AP Environmental Science, and then I do a little bit of, I'm considered the Academic Innovation Coordinator there as well, so I also work with teachers supporting learning in that capacity also. Oh, that's awesome. So, and you, you came to the workshop, and t- tell me what, what's been happening with that. What, what did that do, and what are you doing with it? And Yeah, so like I said, you know, three years ago um, when I started this class, it just came out of this crazy idea, and, and I, I've talked to you about it briefly before, like, how can we get students involved in a, in a really cool project? So we started getting coffee that you can source in Southern China and having the students roast the coffee on campus to kind of create the social enterprise where the money that, that they make from roasting and selling the coffee goes back out to the farmers in Yunnan. And at the same time, they're learning about social entrepreneurship and learning all these really cool skills. And so we're like, that's great. And so I didn't know anyone who was doing this three years ago. And so I was searching to universities and like patterning my course after university class, you know, just trying to any, any resource that I could find that was out there. And about, well, it was, I guess, last spring, as I was continuing to search for someone else who was doing this, I came across your workshop. I'm like, wow, this is exactly what I'm looking for. People who are, who have this mindset and who, who think school should be different than what it is now. And so I was just super excited for that opportunity. And, and I think everyone there at the workshop was just in the same mindset. Like there's something magical about this type of teaching and, and we all have pieces of it, but how can we kind of harness our, I don't know, our, our collective knowledge and how can we learn together and what our strategies other people out there are, are doing. And so there was a great opportunity for that. So I went to the workshop and it was amazing. Learned so much. Oh my goodness. Over those. You know, you said it was drinking from the fire hose, right? Over yeah. over two days, um, still learning just great stuff, uh, and being connected with people of a similar mindset who also just want to, as you say, do school better, right? Do school differently. Like, how can we really just change how education is right now? So, so that was just so exciting. And after that time, I went back to my class because before I'd been really it was very traditional. It was social entrepreneurship. So we were doing something very different and the students had an applied piece to the course where they were doing this real work and there weren't answers to the problems that they were trying to solve. But I didn't know how to do any different than normal school, right? So I would have unit one, 
social entrepreneurship, unit two, business models, unit three, design thinking, right? And so I had these units because that's just what I knew how to do. And in those units, then I would weave the social enterprise that the students were running. And then after your workshop, I was like, oh, wow, like this is a whole different way to do things. Like it totally shifted my thinking from the idea of discrete units to that doesn't matter. What matters, like the business challenges that you have the students go through, you know, they learn so much just going through one of those challenges. You don't have to really necessarily have a specific unit for design thinking because it's so much more powerful when you have a piece of it that they need right then that they learn and they apply it again to a different, you know, business challenge later on. So I've really shifted my whole course as a result of, of that workshop where like you would do business challenges where you have them work with outside businesses all the time. And for me, my first one was with our own social enterprise. So they had to come up with, you know, a, um, you know, solve a problem for that business. And then we shifted to an outside business. And then now we're shifting back to kind of a business challenge for our business, but I'm still using that same model and just really have really found in this process, the, the work that I'm getting from the students is, incredible this year honestly you know it's been it's been hard it's it's a lot of work as and you were gracious enough to have a Skype call with me halfway through the year I'm like how do I do this you know I need some help and and it's so nice that you offered that support and that just has really just helped keep me going this semester and and plowing through um and yeah they they are they're validating hypotheses so well I mean they're really getting out there and and doing great research and they're really applying you know, these, these pieces of information that I'm giving them or they're able to get out there and find that information. So it's just a much richer experience for them. Uh, and the skill, the focus on skills is also really incredible. I didn't know how to focus on skills before. I honestly didn't. I'm like, how do you, how do you even do that? Like you do it, but how do you articulate that you do it? And so through the workshop, I got a lot of tools like, oh, this, this is how you talk about these skills. It's how you develop these skills. Like in, and your point that you brought up at one and one time, like you just have to have a really real conversation with them about this is why I'm doing this. You know, this is why this is important. And they buy in big time and they and they see the value to uh, to the learning that they're doing. That's awesome. No, it's it's great. I mean, I think, um, you know, there are so many things you said that are that are interesting to me. And as somebody who's also a science teacher, you can uh, appreciate that whether it's a business or a a, a social enterprise, or if you're teaching a science course, it's some other kind of challenge or problem. It's um, entirely different because the students are the their objective. Their primary objective is not to learn what the teacher's feeding them in that unit, so that at the end of the unit they can show they've learned it. But it's to problem solve, explore, discover, create with something that's real and complicated and you um you did a great job of describing your shift in approach and the how to teach skills so it's an entirely different thing as a teacher to acknowledge and understand and accept that we need to in addition to students gaining knowledge of different things. They also need to develop these skills. It's entirely different to accept that we need to do that 
And to be able to know day to day, you know, with five classes a day, you know, 35 kids uh, for 45 minutes, like, how do you actually do it? And the how, you know, the how is really important. And I'd be interested in hearing more examples of things that you've experienced as a teacher, that you've done as a teacher this year, you know, that are different and have either worked or not worked, or it is hard. Yeah. Um, so, so one, I mean, I guess one example, so as I mentioned, the first, the first business challenge that we did was we are our coffee roasting social enterprise is called third culture coffee roasters. And that, and it's challenging because the students I have come in new every year. So I have to get them up to speed and, and it's kind of a, and it's new every year as well. So it's, it's not like, like book on how to do this. And so I said, well, how about if I just throw them in and, you know, I give them this business challenge and I say, okay, like through this business challenge, you are going to like learn about our, our coffee business. And the business challenge was, I don't remember the exact wording I, I gave them actually anymore, but it, it was something around how can we, we have a loan that we have to pay off. So how can we increase sales and, and pay off our loan for third culture coffee roast, something to that extent, you know, and, and they knew nothing about like, we, they're like, we have a loan, you know, like, what is that? <laughs> like, what does that mean? Like where, where are our finances yeah. located? You know, who is our, who's our customer segment? And so instead of me going through and saying, all right, open up Google Docs. Let's look at our finance documents. Uh, you're the marketing team. You know, this is what you should be doing. You're the uh, coffee production team. This is what you should be doing. Instead, it was like all hands on deck. All right, let's, let's look at this problem and figure out the business yourself. And then they presented it, the very first presentation, to our principal, assistant principal, and there were a couple other people there as well. So all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, like, and they, and they weren't, honestly, they, they weren't the best presentations, right? And I didn't expect them to be the best presentation. Yeah, they're usually, they I, I mean, I always say this, the first, you know, the first uh, ones are horrible, usually. Yeah, you know, and, and, and they, yeah, and, and we found that, but reflecting on that and then moving forward from there, they just, they learned so much about the business without me telling them about the business and they were able to take ownership as well, you know, and reference things like later on, we'd have conversations about is some, something financial that we were trying to figure out and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, in this, in this folder, it's this document as I was looking through, you know, for the business challenge. And so the, the learning was definitely there and, and that did work. I found that worked really well. That's great. So that's, I guess, one specific example of just, again, now, and that was from like day one, like shift, right? Yeah. Like, let's just try this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. When you think about, you know, you had the same, you came up against the same challenge that I have, that so many uh, of the teachers that I've worked with have, we still have to give grades. And yeah. uh, this is hard, all of it. It's a completely different way of not only teaching, but of learning. And if you really, really prioritize skills development and mastery, how you assess that, you know, we're talking about a model where it's the assessments are in performance and portfolios and uh, not in uh, unit tests. You're 
at the beginning of figuring out how to navigate that. Uh, and I'm very interested not only in what was having you talk about what, how was that difficult at first, but then where is that now and what do you, where do you see it going over time? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this has been, you know, we talked about this in, in December and, and it's, that's been a tough shift, you know, going into this as a, as a teacher who's used to teaching, you know, this is worth 10 points and you get eight out of 10 points and that goes in the grade book and you get a grade at the end. Yeah. Uh, I learned, I learned pretty quickly that that did not work in this system. I would, I was doing that at the beginning of the school year and what I kept having students come and talk to me about was, was about their grade and not about their learning. And it was so frustrating because I, I kept saying the grade doesn't, the grade doesn't matter. You know, it's, yeah. why, why are we focusing on this grade? It's like, have you learned this material? And they're like, but, but you know, in a, in a, in a school where academics are, are really important and these students feel a lot of pressure, it, it is, it is important for them. And I really realized you know, getting into that first semester that that was really getting in the way of, of good learning that could have been happening. Um, and so I reached out to you and, and we had a, a great conversation. And I, I, I wouldn't say I have any answers at this point, yeah. either, but I, I think I'm making more progress, uh, just really shifting. I, I kind of got rid of, I got rid of points, I went to descriptors for categories. And so they now get descriptors for their work instead of yeah. scores for work. And you know, it's, it's communicating on this rubric, hey, you're exemplary, you're capable, you're developing, right. this is how you can, how you can get better. And just the shift in getting rid of points has been huge for learning. I don't have those conversations anymore, to be yeah. honest, and, and that's really great. Now, it's always tricky in these systems that we're in, like, how do you then convert that to a letter grade at the end? And so I'm still trying to figure out that system. And I, I don't have a perfect one yet, but you know, it, it works for now. And I'm, and as we get more people who are doing this together and we learn from each other, I think there's, there's cool stuff could be done. Well, and I, I don't know if I've talked to you about the mastery transcript consortium that we started, yeah. but that's that it'll make sense to you that um, when we decided Scott Looney's the head of Hawken and my partner in crime and and all this when we decided we were going to build a few years ago a lab school at Hawken where high where we were going to take the model and methods I developed in this entrepreneurship class and create an entire high school program using this method and these models mm -hmm. we decided immediately that this was going to be the whole lab school was going to be a portfolio and performance based assessment model just with rubrics just like what we do uh, in the entrepreneurship class and uh, grades don't work for that and we mm -hmm. wanted to create a mastery transcript and uh, when we found out that great idea but if only Hawkins doing it um, the colleges won't accept it which is an obvious thing um, we decided um, and it was Scott's idea to create a consortium of schools to create a mastery transcript as an alternative to a grade transcript to allow this entirely different model of academics um, and education that we're talking about. So the reason I say all that is this is something that, and it's really global, that all kinds of people are realizing that we need to entirely change the assessments in this way, that grades don't work for 
the kind of education we're developing where students are being prepared for this world and the world they're going into. And so hopefully, hopefully, you, me, others, we won't have to figure out how to make grades work with this. There will come a time when we'll have a much richer model for assessing students' skills and knowledge and habits with microcredits and all that stuff. So I know very well how difficult it is to do this and have the crazy exciting learning happen in the classroom and still have to give grades. And hopefully we're going to evolve to a completely different and better, better model. Yeah, that would be, that would be great. And I, and I hear from, I mean, from so many people, you hear it, right? But the people just don't know how to, how to do it right now. Exactly. Like how do we actually, how do we actually make this work um, for everybody? You know, I don't, necessarily think every single class this this would work for and I don't necessarily think it's appropriate for every single class but for for classes like we're talking about um it's it's super important to have a different way of of communicating what the students are learning yeah so I want to ask you about that I want to ask about if you think about this kind of teaching and and go up a step from you know using a business always having a business challenge but just think about the kind of work that the students are doing and the, the instructional practices as a teacher. Do you find that by implementing this stuff in your social entrepreneurship class, this method, that it's splashing over at all into the way you teach your science courses? Yeah, you know, it, it, I was just, as you were asking the question, I'm like, yeah, that's totally true. It is. It's, it's interesting. I've, uh, and, it, and as we think about assessment, especially in small ways. So I teach AP environmental science right yeah. now. So I don't have a lot of flexibility, flexibility yeah. in the curriculum. Yep. And we've had this, I think this conversation this summer, I said, I would love to, to change my AP environmental science to go completely, completely in this direction. And, yep. and, and as I've gone through this year and tried to think about it, I'm like, I don't know how I can do that. I, I still hope it's possible somehow, but right now I, I haven't figured out the way to do that. But what I have been, it's really, comp, you know, thinking about more and more those, what are the skills the students are developing, even as I'm going through a traditional unit in an AP environmental science class? And how can I really work to develop those skills more? And I'm, I'm just more mindful of that, I think, now in in my AP environmental science course. I'm also looking as I, as I do a lot of even the lab grading, I, I'm thinking more about, okay, is it the points or is it the descriptors here that I'm really getting at? So I've shifted a little bit also how I, how mm. I do grades and the rubrics that I'm using for that class as well to make it again, more about the learning and less about the number of points that they got in an assignment. And I have noticed that, yeah, I, you know, I, I have more meaningful conversations about learning as opposed to, you know, I got 28.5 out of 30 points on this assignment. Right. So if it's an AP class, uh, you have very little flexibility. And many mm -hmm. of the teachers I've worked with who applied the method in a traditional academic class have had a science course, a history course, a honors whatever course, a math course, and have experimented 
by training a unit. I think it would be really interesting, and you and I should have a, a conversation, a, a work conversation where we roll up our sleeves and just for fun, let me see if you'd be interested in this, just for fun, have an hour-long call uh, where you send me your course syllabus for your AP uh, environmental science class, and we look for where you could do a little mini unit experiment in your AP course. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because I believe that if you take this method and you start as always with what are the learning objectives, those learning objectives can and should include not only skills development, but also uh, concepts and knowledge sets and how we structure this method around content goals in addition to skills goals uh, is something that I love to play around with. So as an example, I worked with one of our physics teachers and we tried this. We said, okay, show me your syllabus, show me your what you do. And of course, it's all content, right? And um, we picked a unit that in, in this case, it was a unit that he said isn't isn't particularly effective or successful year after year. Um, and he's going to create a unit where the learning goals include generally that content area as well as skills. And he's going to find a real problem for the students to solve. And anyway, we're playing around with it. And um, I think that done well doesn't mean the whole AP, you can't take an entire AP class and say, I'm going to convert the whole year class this way. But I think what's going to evolve over time is methods and models that of education that prioritize skills development, but don't eliminate uh, knowledge goals, content goals. I, I don't like that often the conversation around this is, well, in classes like this, this works. Or for students who don't thrive in traditional academics, this works. Or if you don't care about content, then you can do this and worry about skills. And worse yet, when people talk about different types of skills, soft skills, hard to, I think this is about an entirely different method, whereas teachers, we're truly creating an educational model for our students where they're learning all of the above. I agree. And I would love to see to see that in classes like, you know, any of the AP classes or these other traditional classes that we teach, like even if we can't transform the whole thing because of constraints, like how can we add more of it? Because that's what's really important. And I just think it's, you just have to figure out how to do it. I think it's possible. And it's, ex it's exciting to me to think, wow, like, could I take what's happening in the social entrepreneurship and have a piece of it even in that AP environmental science class? Like, that sounds really exciting to me. It, it feels really daunting on how to do that right yeah. now. And, you know, when you're by yourself and um, like, okay, I have this AP exam. I have to get through this stuff. Like, you really need a, a team of people around you to support you in that work. 
I, I think that's that's really important, but I think it's exciting. I think it can be done. Yeah, well, sure. I, start, I started all this, you know, many years ago as a math teacher, and I had a prescribed total content list curriculum that I was required to teach. That's how I started. And I learned by developing this stuff that if you really engage the students in why what they're doing matters and you give them agency in what they're doing and they start to discover and the focus is on skills and there's that very high expectation that's created a culture where the expectation for depth of learning is really high, not by the teacher alone, but by the students, they will end up being able to learn heavy duty content and they'll be eager to do it in a way that is much more powerful than if you just start the year, start the course, okay, unit one, here's the content, learn it, then I'm going to test you. And so I've experimented with this for like 20 years. I'm very excited about having you experiment with this in your AP class. <laughs> I'd love to help yeah, you. Hey. <laughs> I think it's great. Like I, and, uh, you know, once we start, you know, small pieces in, in different classes and then, you know, who knows from there, but once people see it's doable, then it can definitely grow and expand from there for sure. But yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. And then when you, when you think about students who are not AP kind of students, they are students who are in classes and having trouble, uh, performing in a conventional math class or really not low performing in a, in any traditional class. Either way, an entirely different method like this, I, I really believe results in students who are, you know, we're teaching them not what to think, but how to think. And when you do right. that and when they, when they get why this matters and they see the, their own ability to learn things, uh, they'll go crazy hard after the learning and, it, and, it, and have achievement and success, even at conventional things. Right. So, Anne, we're, we're going to see each other soon. Yes. And I'm really yeah. excited about it. And when we do, I'm going to be very interested to hear more about what your plans are going forward with this. Um, mm -hmm. Last thing I'd like to ask you here in this conversation is when you think about a teacher who is excited about trying something different but is, is intimidated by the idea of doing something this hard, what, what would you say to them? Because it is hard. You know, I, I would say it's hard, but... I think it is, it's just so, it's so worth just trying and you can start small. You know, I, I went in saying, okay, I'll, I'll probably like this year, I'll probably try all business challenges this year, but I didn't know for sure. And I didn't necessarily communicate that to the students that it was going to, the whole year was going to be transformed. I just started with the first like project, right? The first yep. business challenge and, and just tried it. Right. And that way it wasn't quite as scary because I knew that I could pull out if I if I needed to go back to it. But I found it really successful. So and I, and I found it really exciting. And so I think, you know, it's worth just trying in in some small capacity. I know you're a big fan of piloting things. And I think I think that's a great way to do it and just try and, and see what happens, see how the students are learning, see see how you're learning. As an educator, I've learned so much. It's, it's incredible. And I just feel like I've grown a lot this year. So I think 
Um, I think teachers who try this are going to get a lot out of it professionally and their students are going to get a lot out of it as well. It's worth, it's worth, it's worth the work that goes into it for sure. That's awesome. And I don't know what the world, what, what the future, you know, for me, things are still changing and, and I'm always, my mind is, you know, as you start along this path, like you're always thinking how, how are things going to be different? How can I change things? And, and that's the exciting thing that happens from teaching this way is it's, a, it's an ambiguous path, but exciting path. I guess that you that you journey on going forward. That's wonderful. It is wonderful to talk to you, Anne. Great to talk to you too. I'll see you soon. If you like the podcast, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. For more information about our training, go to wildfire-education.org.